What's going on? It's CJ the Day Slayer from the Upgrade America podcast. Shout out to me, Cinco de Mayo, my birthday, ripe old age of 37. Still young, still got more to learn. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. New subscribers, um, shout out to you guys, new upgraders. Um, there will be some explicit language in this episode, but we're going to talk about UFOs. Uh, Canada cutting out some guns. We're going to talk about the death of the movie industry. Is it going to die? Movie theaters, all that good stuff. Um, we're definitely going to talk about the race card, which we bring up every week. So, like, share, subscribe, critique, let us know what you think. And y'all have fun. Taco Tuesday, Cinco de Mayo, Cerveza, and Tequila. Peace. Politics. It's realer than ever, can't run better when it is 2020, who call the shots? Run it raw, give them all you got, send them prayers up, know the Lord got you. Light us up, cause the hood got you. America, we need your support too, America, we need... Yeah. What's up, world? I'm Cameron Ra, host and executive producer of Upgrade America, the greatest motherfucking show on earth. Pardon me, a little disclaimer, we're going to be dropping some F-bombs, talking a lot of radical content and really what's going on in the world. Please be joined by the man, the myth, the legend, none other than CJ, the day slayer. Talk to me, bro. What's happening? What up? You know, live from the Sunshine State, you know how we do it. Yeah, you good, did. man. I'm on, the, uh, I'm on the verge of my birthday, bro, Cinco de Mayo. So when we drop, it's oh, my yeah, birthday. Yeah, I forgot about that. Is that when we around when we drop? Yeah. No doubt, no doubt, that's what's good. Man, so then right after your birthday, as mine, you're getting up there. But uh, yeah, aging like fine wine. But tell me, what's on the agenda today? All right, uh, man. So we got North Korea, South Korea exchanging some shots. Oh, we got, yeah. We got right. UFOs. We got uh, Venezuela, Venezuela and what is it? Brazil riding because of COVID-19. We got Zoom making people crazy. You know, a lot of people tell her commuting for work. We're gonna talk about that. Our movies are obsolete as far as the experience of going to the movies. Right, because a lot of, um, how do you say, movies are going straight to stream or something like that now, which I think yeah. is a great idea. But um, yeah, the meat and potatoes, we're really discussing the, the UFOs, you know, for everybody who, who's uh, coming in seeing the thumbnails and everything. You know, that's going to be the, the meat and potatoes of this discussion. The Pentagon is like confirming the existence of, of footage of, you know, of, of UFOs. But a lot to discuss today. Yeah, you know? man. But uh, first and foremost, I suppose we got to uh, check on you, make sure everybody's good. I see I got uh, three people watching on live right now, four people. Got two now. Yo, I appreciate you uh, taking time uh, to watch what we're doing. I hope you everyone's well. Leave us a comment and to confirm you're doing good or I'll have to punch you down and find out your status. Make sure you're all secure. <laughs> now we do great show coming on. Um, so yeah, we leading off with the UFOs? Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. So let's be clear about one thing. 
UFO, it merely means unidentified flying object. And uh, this is used in military terms as well as I imagine NASA uses it as well in other aeronautic, uh, you know, pilots and such. It does not confirm the existence of extraterrestrial life. Like when we hear that confirmation from the Pentagon, then you can be like, okay, that's that's pretty wild. But um, CJ and myself, we are uh, Air Force Security Forces veterans, so we work with the, with the Air Force around aircraft, and we're, we're familiar with these terms. Have you seen anything strange in uh, in your tenure in the Air Force? Nah, everything, being a, everything a was pretty identifiable, like mm -hmm. as far as aircraft wise. You know, you know, we're gonna know about the yeah. plane because we guard them, so. Um, yeah, nothing out of ordinary really that I've seen. The only, yeah. the wildest thing I could see was like, um, a, a, a meteor, a falling star, like I believe it was in Italy and that looked as to trust it just maybe cause like the sky was clearer and I don't know. Uh, but as far as me, I have not seen anything that does not mean they don't exist, but yeah. there have been countless references of people saying, uh, even Muhammad Ali said that hey like he's seen these always they meaning uh, media fake news tool of central intelligence seems to discredit these people's uh their testimonies and when we're having a branch of, of government or, or department of government the department of defense the pentagon saying that yo this exists this is real this is something we don't know mm -hmm. um, that's a bit of a concern for national security, for one. It's um, when we do a salute report. Do you remember what Ackerman stands for? Oh, wow. I'm rusty. Ah, uh, man. Like size, size activity. Location, yeah. Uniform. Uh-huh. T is ter terrain? I think it was terrain. E is, e is equipment. So it's yeah. like, always want to know, like, if the enemy has some new weapons, like, yo, or if he has some new vehicles, like, yo, what, what is the enemy using, you know? And for this to be some new, say it is human, right? Because mm -hmm. there is no confirmation that these are aliens. Say this is human technology and it's human technology we don't know of. Yeah. And it can maneuver in ways that we, you know, we are unprepared to defend against, then that's a threat to national intelligence. And that's why this is it. That's one of the reasons why this is a big deal. Yeah. But, uh, um, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I have some notes like uh, the Navy okay. had acknowledgement of these UFOs since last September. And this is now the Pentagon's coming forward with it. And they actually have formal reporting guidelines on how to report such incidences because they're becoming more common. Gotcha. Go ahead with uh, what's your remarks, though. Well, part of what I'm thinking, too, is shout out to IG. I switched over to IG Live real quick. Um, what up, IG? And shout out, James. I see you watching. Thanks for supporting. Curtis, what up, Kurt? Um, so part of it is I think technology is rising, so you're going to have mm -hmm. more trial flights of types of aircraft. So you got drones out. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot more stuff than in the past that is flying around. You got all these private space companies that could be testing equipment and whatnot. That um, is so, true. 
So that's what I'm kind of attributing to. I'm not saying there's not something extra out there, but I am saying based on technology, how fast it's been moving, that that probably contributes to more sightings. And I, I agree with you on that. I'll see if I can find some footage of the, the Chinese drone shows. You know how like uh, conventionally we, we do fireworks? Mm-hmm. And it lights up the sky and everything. Now the the Chinese are are moving towards and they invented fireworks, I believe. You know, yeah. gunpowder came from I do believe it came from, from China. I think it was China. Yeah. Up, uh, changing up the fireworks, but anyways, like now they're doing drone shows, like elaborate drone shows where like all these drones fly in unison and they can appear to be one image. Mm, okay. So it's like when you're talking about things that are moving abstractly and moving ways and manners we can't perceive i'm just thinking about that like it could be an illusion for one like all these drones flying in unison and then it's just like they present the appearance that i don't know i'm just going through scenarios in, in my mind or, mm-hmm. or what is it arkham's razor is the most logical explanation or something like that uh, like i don't a, know i have to look that theory up uh, the best but um well, I don't, I'm not saying I don't believe in uh, extraterrestrial life. But then again, it's 2020 and like everything's happening. Anything that can is happening or will happen. In yes, this. sir. So aliens coming, sure, why not? But at the same time, I'm not sticking to that theory until I have more evidence. What about you? Yeah, you know what? This is the thing. It can go either way. You could believe not, and you could believe so. I think there's a possibility. Why not? Um, knowing that galaxies are so vast, mm-hmm. and that we don't know what's beyond what we don't know. So, and if you really think about it, think about the times we're in now. This is a perfect time for somebody to come and check us out because we're at a standstill for the most sure. part. They can actually look around and be like, all right, what are they really doing down here? So you you, you, you raise a very interesting point. And there's two things I want, I want to branch off for that. I, I posted on a, a group, I think it's called Extraterrestrial Everything on Facebook. And the whole group is just dedicated to talking about aliens. I, I like trolling it and, you know, seeing, hearing people's thoughts. And it's very interesting. But I posted a comment in, or a post in there saying, how would government's response to an uh, not an alien invasion but alien encounter would it be similar to COVID nineteen? And that sparked mm-hmm. a lot of conversation because exactly what you just said. Say uh, some extraterrestrial life did communicate with our world leaders and like, yo, we got to pull up, like, get your people under control, take their freaking weapons because we don't need them shooting at our airships, like, or or lock them down, like. It just makes me think, is this whole lockdown procedure related to uh, to, to the arrival of, of some sort of alien life? And, and if not, how do you think the government would respond if they knew preemptively, like, hey, but even if they are peaceful aliens, how do you think they would respond? That's a tough situation to be in because you can't really tell the citizens the truth. Right. So, but you know what's coming. killer virus that has like a 1.1% fatality rate. And that's why you got to lock them down. That's a tough one. Because you know our governments would want to like talk to them. Like, yo, 
let's get some info. Let's chat. Like, oh, no, no. Remember, work. in this scenario, the aliens have already made contact with our government leaders. Saying, yo, okay, we pulling up. You. We about to pull up. We coming through. Like, what? how do you think they would be like? They're the, pretty much the aliens are saying, get your people under control. Because if we okay. just pull up, we pull the, you know, the space age Cadillac up. You know, <laughs> people going to be like, yo, what, what on earth is that? And start busting at it. Like, you don't need that. That's, that's, a, that's a bad hostile first encounter. But like, yeah. this is how I'm just perceiving it. Okay. Like, if I'm, I'm President Rock, 2020, what's good? Like, and the aliens hit me up like, yo, we about to pull up with our crew. We're peaceful. We come in peace. But we don't want you. We see that you guys are still killing each other over skin color. Yeah. You guys are still killing each other over petty stuff. We know you guys are going to kill me and my alien friends. So if they're telling me, like, get your people under control, I would do this. I would probably lock them down. That's tough, man. You could control, here's the thing, while there's a few people going out, you could control the encounters and, and even if people are like, oh, I got a picture of them aliens, and then you try to upload it to Facebook, Facebook could block it. That's true. You know? But, I don't know, That's I'm, it's just something to speculate, it's fun, it's a conspiracy theory, yeah. talking about aliens and UFOs, but that's, that's just a thought. I want to real quick read some quotes from people who have witnessed some of the UFOs. Okay. So, I got close to it. It rapidly accelerated south and then disappeared in less than two seconds, said the retired U.S. Navy pilot, David Fravor. This was extremely abrupt, like a ping pong ball bouncing off a wall. It would hit and go the other way. Wow. So, I don't know. It's, I'm imagining that, I suppose, um, while we're just talking and having this discussion, I'll put mm-hmm. the, the actual footage over this. It's really okay. not much audio, but, um, it's probably two minutes. I can just put it over here and people can see that, you know, they, they, they can see the footage and, and draw their own conclusion. Yeah. Um, I, my question for you is, once again, you know, if I take the White House, you coming along for the ride. You know it. <laughs> they make, aliens make contact with us, you and me. Okay. They, they say like, yo, we come in peace. Would you trust them? Mm, you're supposed to be skeptical, but give people a shot. That's how I am. And I'm, I kind of feel the same way, because here's the thing. If you traveled across the galaxy, you know, like, <laughs> you'd have to potentially, uh, travel faster than speed of light, you have the power to annihilate us. Basically. <laughs> I cooperate with you or not, like, whether what I play ball with you or not, like, you can, what, what Thanos do, snap his finger and, you know, you can wipe out humanity. So, I would try, I would do my best to cooperate, because I know, like, if you want to flex on me, all my nukes and my, my aircraft and what have you, it's, it ain't no independence day. Like, oh, we'll give you the virus. Nah. Like if they want to wipe us out, they most likely gonna make that happen. I would, I would, I would do my best to play ball and, and cooperate. I wouldn't trust them completely, but um. Diplomacy, you know how I am. I'm all about diplomacy. So let's talk first. But here's another thing you gotta consider as well, okay. and, and this is something that that you brought up. Like you know how we send Curiosity rovers to Mars and stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't send humans first. 
So do you think like aliens or extraterrestrial would they would send like their it wouldn't be like little dinky rovers. I imagine it could even be humanoid forms. Like yeah. you know, robots or something like that, you know, to come deal with us. How do you think that was? Do you think they would mimic us? Like, do you think they would make them look like us? Yeah, I could see that. Because that's, that's safer. Especially if they observed us. They already know we ain't going to play that. <laughs> so, I, I think it would make sense to send, that, say, a scout. Or a representative. Like I, I, agree. I agree. And that's, yeah. I mean, that, that would only be, uh, that would be the safest, uh, smartest way to, to play that move. And it really makes you wonder if there are any scouts among us. Like, I'm curious uh, if any of you upgraders out there are <laughs> extraterrestrial scouts. But yo, just throwing that out there, throwing an alien life, like, yo, we come in peace. You know what I'm saying? Word. I don't want to say don't start one on Lena because I, I know you got that Thanos throw. Like, For real, could you imagine it, Weaponry? If, if you can get here and like this, that's what I'm saying. Oh. The amount of energy that it takes to, to travel across time and space, they have the amount of energy to be like, they're like, nuclear, what? <laughs> like, yo, that, that, that age, that's antiquated technology. You know? <laughs> I can imagine what they're, what they're wielding. But um, it really makes you wonder, once you get to that type, that time in your evolutionary history, are you beyond war and conflict? With all that power, are you able to, uh, how do you say, manage things peacefully? Mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, with uh, more primitive civilizations. Mm-hmm. But I imagine, like, similar civilizations with equal or greater weaponry or power, you know, they, they may clash on the time over resources and the same things that, you know, we clash, like human beings clash over. I think it's just a hierarchy. But you got anything else uh, on extraterrestrials? Nah, man. I mean, the only other thing that everybody has been floated out there for, what, years now is Area 51, which we oh, are. Uh, we can talk on that briefly. It is real. Yeah. It's a, as security forces, you can't get stationed there. Yeah. And you got to really know somebody that knows somebody to get there. Now, so. I think one that um, in Air Force Base that is and i don't want to say it's similar to area 51 right patterson what do you know about that oh as far as uh let me pull it up on the google what their mission is because okay um i know they do work with a lot of experimental aircraft Mm, okay gotcha and it's like uh okay here we go Air Force Base, right Patterson Air Force Base. I believe it's in, not Ohio, but... Yeah, it's in Ohio somewhere. Okay, okay. What is their mission? So, Air Force Life Cycle Management Center. The center provides the warfighter's edge by acquiring and supporting war-winning aircraft engines, munitions, electronics, and cyber weapon systems and subsystems. Mm-hmm. Every action in support of the Air Force's mission to fly, fight, and win. Air power, space power, AF. Hey, Shout yeah. out to all my senators out there. Ooh. Ooh. Great times, great times. But yeah, there's so they develop a lot of. Uh, I was deployed with some guys that were stationed out there, and they would tell me some weird things. 
like things mm-hmm. they would see just as far as like technology like handheld stuff but yeah. uh, i don't want to say that's another like area 51 type of stuff but they do have a lot of top secret develop developmental okay. um weapons and, and equipment out there yeah i would say um out there in arizona too is it davis martin and luke i heard of davis martin. what are they doing out there no i'm just i'm just assuming based on that uh isolation that mm-hmm. they could definitely be a part of all that too now i know nellis has um and because nellis is that's in nevada area so. yeah i was gonna say area 51 is not in nevada yeah mm-hmm. um, like yeah. Nellis, I know they have tactical nuclear warheads there, and they also have the mission of um, how you say the drones. They can actually fly the drones that are striking in Pakistan and even in Iraq, Afghanistan. They're sitting back and like near Las Vegas, flying it from a trailer and dropping yeah. orders on bad guys. But you know that's a relative term. But um. What are we? I was gonna say a good transition point would be. I mentioned how those aliens would be like, yo, beyond the civilization, the civilian populace, so they stop shooting at our aircraft, stop <laughs> shooting at us on first encounter. Because if these guys waving Confederate flags are, are shooting, you know, the first time they see a black person walk by, like, what are they gonna do when a purple guy goes by? What are they gonna do when a green or a gray guy comes by? You know, they're gonna flip the fuck out. They they don't know how to handle it. And that's yeah. why I said, if I were extraterrestrial life, looking at our evolutionary uh, progression, because I do not believe, I do believe there'll be an end to racism. I do believe people will finally get it together and, and, and see eye to eye and overcome this this pettiness. But right now, that's not where we're at. No. Now, do you think, I know we played this on another uh, podcast that Ronald Reagan quote, where he's like, would it take an alien invasion or something like that to bring people together? Do you think that would work? He's not wrong, because we all got something to be unified about. I think it would if they were hostile. True. It would. But here's the thing, just as we mentioned before with Sandals Gloves and Soul Stones. It's not a joke. <laughs> but you know, it even if it was like, oh yeah, let's band together, Independence Day, Will Smith and you know like it doesn't matter. Like Thanos still snapping that glove, and it's going to be a wrap. Because more than yeah. likely, it's going to be if they're hostile and extraterrestrials, forget it. It ain't a movie. That'd be pretty rough. But um, I don't know. What it would be unify with positive, under positive, uh, or not, or not positive, rather, um, friendly aliens or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. We'd be like, yo, them aliens are taking our jobs. <laughs> them extraterrestrial aliens are taking our jobs. Yeah, they can actually say aliens for real, huh? <laughs> you know? Like, is that, what, is that how people would be? I don't know, man. And I, it's difficult to say. But, um, yeah. like I said, uh, yo, to all our alien extraterrestrial upgraders out there watching, yo, we come in peace, our ideas are coming in peace. But, the transition point I wanted to say is that maybe, like, the aliens spoke to the Canadian to, what is the name, Trudeau? Yeah, Trudeau, yeah. He's like, yo, son, like, 
guys are wilding, man. Like, you need to take, take their ARs, man. They keep shooting at our space truck. Like, I suppose it's a transition point. Can you tell us what's happening in Canada with their gun laws? All right, let me go to my phone because this is going to bug the hell out of me. All right. Sorry for the delay, folks. I cut off my live, so we'll just Take use your Facebook. Huh? No, I was saying I was taking a Red Bull break. Okay. I had to find some extra energy today, but it's doing its thing. Uh, where is that? Storyboard. What are you looking for? The, for the article? Yeah, I'm actually looking for the article because it details a lot more. Okay, so while you're searching for it, I'll just give like an, an overview of like yeah. understanding there's a, a, a very bad shooting, one of the worst shootings in Canada. And uh, as a result, because, you know, the politicians' models never let a good crisis go to, to waste. And so they, they took swift action and they, they banned assault rifles. And the term assault rifle is it's a, it's a relatively vague term. Because it, it's uh, assault is an action, not not so much a, you know, it's not a type of weapon. But I guess they're talking about weapons that can hold a uh, thirty-round mag and things of that nature. And the, the key thing, I'm, I'm not so sure about Canada's constitution, but mm-hmm. our constitution, our Second Amendment, is based upon the rights that we can carry arms to defend ourselves against the government in the unlikely event they become totalitarian. You know, yeah. And um, the way you would do that is with weapons like that, with assault rifles. Like it's not like you're gonna like, hey, uh, let's let's fight the the second uh, revolutionary war with shotguns and stuff. You you need weapons of that nature. And so when governments yeah. try to take that, try to take these weapons from their citizens, it's a big red flag. Because after you lose your right to defend yourself and your constitution. Governments can do whatever they want. They can walk all over you. And if they do impose martial law, forget it. You're, you're, you're good as slaves. And you're yeah. like, uh, are out the window. You find that, um, that article? Yeah, but it was from Twitter. So I had to like kind of click on it. But um, basically, I was reading a couple comments on Twitter. And they were saying, this has been in the works for months. It's just the, a, the school shooting, no, mass shooting, mm-hmm. like expedited it. So, so that's they, what this mass shooting happened because everyone should be staying the fuck at home. Um, 18th and the 19th of April, Nova <laughs> Scotia. So it was one. It was under the stay at home order. Mm-hmm. And it's 22 people got killed. Interesting. Where? Nova Scotia. Uh, yeah, yeah. But was it at Walmart or were they like? That's what I'm looking for exactly. I'm really trying to think. It's like I know like the whole world is under lockdown. It's like where could you be that 22 people got killed? Yeah, had to. Let me let me look up exactly where it had been because it's not really saying. I mean, I I guess we we could follow up though. Now you got the article with the actual uh, gun. I tell you what. Do um just present the how do you say their new regulations since you got that article up and I'll search for the um for where the Canada shooting was. Okay. All right. Um basically I guess it was Friday. Uh make sure I get the dates right. So this Friday passed where they dropped the 
immediate ban uh, and sale and use of assault style weapons in Canada. So the incident happened two weeks ago. He announced a ban of 1,500 models and variants of assault-style firearms, including two guns used by the gunmen, as well as an AR-15 and other weapons that have been used in a number of mass shootings in the U.S. And, of course, one of the arguments by Trudeau is you don't need an AR-15 to take down a, a deer. And so you <laughs> no longer be able to uh, buy, sell, transport, import, or use military grade assault weapons in this country. Let's see. That's um, very, very radical. And, and hold on. I, I'm I gonna say that Canadians are pussies, but they should really be, uh, this is a big uh, red flag and should be concerned. Because if they do, they really- try that, they try that shit in, the, in, the, in America. <laughs> That's a lot of, uh, yeah. But please continue. Okay, I was going to read these real quick because you're asking about the details of what's going on. So there's a two-year amnesty period while the government creates the program that will allow current owners to receive compensation for turning their weapons in or keeping them through a grandfathering process yet to be worked out. Newly permitted firearms can only be transferred or transported within Canada for specific reasons. Owners must keep guns securely stored until there's more information on the buyback program. I was just about to say, are they now is it a forced buyback program? Like if you have AR-15s, must you surrender them? Or well, that's what they're kind of saying. More? You'd be kind of grandfathered. Then they're going to give a two-year amnesty period to work all this out. And that's what I'm saying. So is it to be determined if they are going to take the weapons or what? Uh, let's see. Government will introduce further gun control legislation prohibiting military-style assault weapons. A measure has already been planned before the coronavirus pandemic interrupted the current parliamentary system. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I am trying to see. I don't really see anything else. Okay, real quick. I just want to give you some insight on... Um the shooting in Nova Scotia. My understanding okay. is like, I guess they went into homes. They're wow. saying like uh, 22 people killed, there were 13 shot and died in house fires. Royal Canadian Mounted Police said. So that's pretty much they're saying. So they said the gunman also killed or wounded animals and pets that found that he found at the homes. So I'm assuming these were like at people's homes. But this is pisses me off even more. This pisses me off even more. If you yeah. had this shooting occurring at people's homes and you want to take weapons for them to defend themselves, because, yo, Trudeau, I, I know you're watching the show. I appreciate you, you know, you supporting up Yeah, shout out to Canada. The motherfucking show on Earth, but it's like, um, <laughs> people are not going to be able to defend themselves. So, ban guns. Cool. Guess what? You still have a black market. And you know who shops at the black market? Criminals. Criminal shop at the black market. They're going to acquire those guns. Your people are going to be unarmed, and you had better have a, a lot more cops if you if you're, you're going to take people's rights to defend themselves away. Very bad decision, Canada. Very bad decision. I was trying to find Canadians because I got some Canadians that I talked to. I was trying to find them and see what they thought about it. Um, I- 
it's uh, it's very uh, alarming and i really i i would hate to see something like that happen in, in america but uh, i don't know I'm, I'm curious when their next election is and and who's uh who's pushing a more lenient gun control policy but it, it pisses me off when you have one person you think that one person can mess it up for the entire country yeah, that's kind of wild if you really think about it. Damn. It's like, oh yeah, like you're 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 right for self-defense, and it very good rhetoric. Whoever said that comment about you don't need an AR-15 to shoot a deer, no shit. Like, but like, you do need it. You do need an AR-15 to protect your your constitution and, and your freedom. So, um, yeah. How um, I don't know, bro. Again, America. You already know what it is. We got more guns than people out here. We got the biggest army <laughs> in the world, like just in, in the hunters and, and um, you know that that are in America. That's one of the reasons the Japanese didn't want to further invade into America because they're like, yo, there's way too many guns in there. After fighting our conventional military, best military in the world, and then fighting, uh, you know, our veterans because you know we holding shit down. Anybody tries to invade this hostile alien or not, you know, um, you, you got to deal with all that. But don't take, you don't want to take the guns. Find smarter ways to regulate them. And that was outlined in the Upgrade America Policy for the Future, available on Amazon Kindle. But we, we, we laid that plan out. What you're most likely going to have to do with guns, because you're going you're gonna to fight the bloodiest war on Earth trying to take guns away from the people. Yeah. What you need to do is find a smarter way to manage them. Use technology. Put freaking chips into the guns. Where phones are already trapped, you might as well track the guns. But as we mentioned, you have a conflict of interest when you have the federal government who ultimately, you know, could become tyrannistic tracking this system. So that system would have to be managed by some sort of third party. I say the NRA, but how do you think they are with like they do have a bit of party uh, affiliation. They do tend to lean more right, I, I think. But, like, would you trust them with such a system? And every This is a problem I have. I, I like the concept of a third party, mm -hmm. but everybody can be bought. Everybody got pressure points. Mm. So say we had a third party, right? right. Say the government's, all right, we'll be hands off. We'll let this play out. Let's let them get comfortable, come back. And you know, like confessions of an economic hitman, how they mm -hmm. do. It's, it's levels to this thing. It's not just instantly like, nah, you're not doing, okay. Well, so we're gonna sit, go ahead. I mean, let me interject because I had an idea while you're saying that. So rather okay. than a third party, could the states, the individual states act as a third party? That would have, that's what I, that's a great idea actually. That's probably the best, course of action i'm thinking that too because it's like seeing how covid is playing out and how each state is like you know they're, they're not fighting for their independence but they are independently managing their state mm -hmm. i think such a like i think perhaps the, the that route might work like uh having each state manage this tracking system of firearms because you've got to meet there's got to be middle ground yeah. You can't you can't take the weapons. You just can't. Like again, you're gonna fight the longest bloody war from on all fronts. 
trying yeah. to take guns away from Americans. And so, like, let's not go there. But again, as I propose, put some sort of tracking device in them. So it's like, you can see when, uh, I know we had this conversation before about people who are, um, how do you say, concealed carriers. I get that. But at the same time, there really shouldn't be too many circumstances where AR-15s are traveling towards a school or a daycare or something like that. So that would be a a big red flag for law enforcement. Like, hey, what's going on here? But, um... Yes, I'm sure they could be tampered with, but right now we're, we're just brainstorming it, and something's better than nothing, and anything is better than taking guns away from Americans. Sucks for you, Canada. I, whatever your system is, get that guy out of office and, and a, a guy or gal who's uh, into more into preserving your, your freedoms. We need that. I'm really curious how... Like I said, for me, just, I guess, closing thoughts on this topic, I'm just really curious on how Canada's going to go moving forward to citizens. Not so much to politicians, because mm-hmm. just like everything, politics is cyclical, meaning, like, we're going to have eight years of Trump. Let's just call it what it is. We'll get back to that later. But the next two elections that we have presidentially will probably be Democratic, right? So I'm looking at it from the aspect of whoever comes in next will probably be a little more hardcore Canadian and lean probably a little more to the right compared to Trudeau. Interesting. And you think it will reset those um, those policies? Yeah, I could see them changing shit. Like once they get in there, like, uh, okay, we're not going to do too much all at once, but we're going to tick away at it, chip away at it. That's just my- I really haven't played too much mind to how Canadians politics operate or if they're similar to, to ours or, or the UK's for, for that matter. But it is it is something that uh, it'll be an interesting case study in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, to yeah. dive into that. Um, maybe a sh- shout out to my cousin Marcus. I uh, would really like to have him on the show. We wanted to discuss Brexit. And you know, this uh, UK politics in, in general was popping out there. But what else we got on, on the agenda for oh, shots exchanged between uh, North and South Korea? Been yeah, there, seen that, seen the DM, went to even went to the DMV. But uh, yeah, I think we partied like what <laughs> at one time we were very close to North Korea when we were in the middle of uh, middle of nowhere, but um. I think you might have that link up. For for what? For the, the South Korea? Yeah. I don't think I do, but I mean, you said this was some um, last minute intel that you got. That yeah, I saw it on Twitter. It was like well, last minute. Last week we discussed the death of Kim Jong-il. Not Kim Jong-il, pardon me, I'm showing my age. Death of Kim Jong-un and uh, his successor. And we were being optimistic in, in hopes that it would unify the two Koreas and, and things of that nature, but it seems to have done the opposite. Shots have been fired in exchange between the North and South, who have been at a ceasefire since, uh, let's call it what, 1952? Yeah, something like that. Korean War. It'd be missing some years. But they've been at a ceasefire since the 50s. Technically, when me and CJ were there, they are still at war. 
we had some close calls, some scares, and uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of time in the gas mask. You know, but, um, it it hasn't. I'm I'm not too sure how. Like, were there any fatalities, or is it? Because there's always ceasefires. I'm sorry. There's always shots exchanged between North and yeah. South Korea, particularly because they share a water border, and there's always skirmishes on the seas. Where did where did this particular one? They're always shooting shots or being exchanged, you know, between North and South Korea. Um, maybe they had a fatality in. Run it back. I'm thinking maybe late 2015 is. Was it? Maybe North Korea. I'll look at South Korea shots exchanged. But again, I don't believe any. Or did they end the war? Did they send a, sign a truce recently? I, they did something politically. Okay, so here's on the Washington Post. This is us today. North and South Korea exchange fire over heavily guarded, boom, 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 over heavily guarded border. So Seoul, North and South Korea exchanged gunfire near one of South Guard's posts in the demilitarized zone, also known as the DMZ, separating the two countries, the South Korean military said on Sunday. So the incident began when North Korean soldiers fired at the guard post several times. Seoul's Joint Chief of Staff said in a statement adding that South Korean soldiers shot back twice. So, okay, here's where what's important is no casualties or equipment damage was reported in the statement and the post okay. was not hit. A South Korean defense military official said so. This is no big deal. These things happen. Yeah. Here's the thing. It's like, um, it's like chess. You know, if uh, if you flex and even if you knock out one of my pawns, I got to cap your king. I got to take his head. And so thank goodness no no pawns were whacked in, uh, in this encounter. And it's, it's, it's just shots. I don't want to say it's just boys being boys. <laughs> but it's like, hey, yo, they busted a couple shots. They busted a couple shots back. No one got killed. I think that's a good day for me. Like when they start reporting fatalities and you know like damage to, to equipment, things of that nature, then you have another discussion. But I think this is something that both parties can be like, okay, you cool, you cool, cool, let's keep it moving. Yeah. And then uh, let's see what we got here. Yeah, I think overall this is very tame, like Cam said, routine. Um. Plus, he just he just popped up. I guess he was on vacation, taking like a little siesta. Kim Jong Un, based on what I was reading. Oh, he's so like, he's not dead anymore? Nah, he was just on vacation. And so, that's, yo, yeah. so that's like I don't want to say fake news because I really thought there was a source that came out and said he was dead. Like a main source that said he was dead. Well, you remember when we had. When we were talking about it, now we had conflicting reports once we started mm -hmm. broadcasting last week. So, yeah, last week I was saying, okay, he was in a vegetative state. Yeah. And then, like, another one was saying something else. But again, we, we had that theory that <laughs> he may be just, like, faking it. I think we said that last week. 
that he I wouldn't be surprised if he popped up or resurrected. Or here's another theory because it's just we're just chock full of conspiracy theories today. It's, yeah. It's his double. It's his double. Ooh. The death with yeah. the stability. So his double gotta like play. I don't know. You never know what's really going on in 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 um in this country out there. I do got a question for you though. Okay. Would you visit? What North Korea? Yeah. Hell yeah! I want to see that. I will. I'll just be curious because we were always on the other side of it. You know, curiosity has killed many a cat, and I see <laughs> how they. Uh, I see. I, I be seeing dudes on there crying and reading statements because what they do, they. Uh, this guy, I guess he was dared to take a propaganda poster, like mm-hmm. down from a hotel, and he did. Evidently, like every poster is like has cameras and stuff on it, and they caught him, detained him. He was an American. They probably tortured him too. But either way, they they he, they had him to the point where he was crying on camera to be released. Mm-hmm. And um, if if I know, like, and come on, like it's common sense. Like you're going into something like that, you gotta just. This is all gonna be what you see, what you hear. Mm-hmm. You're not recording anything. You're not bringing no writing material, none of that shit. You already know what time it is. Well, sometimes it's, I find it so hard to behave and I hate to, you know, I don't know, get tortured for such a, from some minor infraction, you know? But, um, uh, they, like, you know, in Singapore, they, they whip your ass for, like, spitting gum on that. In the street, but then I guess gum is like outlawed there. In yeah, I don't know, man. I think that's one journey where um, Upgrade America I'll be doing on my side of the DMV, and yeah. then do yours on uh, on on there. I don't think I would be going to North Korea anytime soon. <laughs> I want to have for the armored yeah. guards and, and, and things of that nature because you're not capturing me, you're torturing me, you're forcing me to read any type of statement. Now. <laughs> What else you got in this, uh, in this situation? What's up? What else you got on um on North and South Korea? Um, that's really it. We pretty much laid it all out. Like what you described and then talking. Like mm-hmm. it's nothing extra to it. So um, you're gonna have to put break it down for me. What's popping in Venezuela and Brazil? I kind of glazed over it, but I'm not too. Uh, I'm really not too sure what's going on. See, this is a weird thing, too, because the article sent me to some other shit. Okay. I don't know. That's weird. Uh, It sent me to, like, something dealing with Spain. I don't know why it would send me to that. Give me a, like, overview of, and then we can dive into details. Like, what's what's popping out in Venezuela? UN, basically, UN calls for probing the Venezuelan prison riot that left 46 dead, seven guards held in Brazil prison riot freed. So they had some kind of, it looks like some kind of standoff because inmates are getting Rona and not treated fairly. And we had the same issue in America, actually. I heard uh, Cook County in Illinois, which is like Chicago and all that, Mm -hmm. were having the same issues in other prisons because you're contracting it, but you're not treating the patients. You're not treating the prisoners. Like, they're human still. Yeah, and you have this right. issue and where like, 
they yeah, are okay. forced to be in there. Mm-hmm. And it makes it, here's here's what I would propose. Everyone who's been convicted of a victimless crime, meaning mm-hmm. like no one got hurt, no one had to, you know, no one person had like to go to the ER, like no nonviolent crimes, things of that nature. Let them out, furlough them or something. But um, if they keep them in there in these conditions, it's, it's crazy. But I'm sorry, man. What uh, what was you saying about their uh, the conditions? Well, just I think they're in a similar situation where, like I said, people contracting it, they're not getting properly tested, and then the prisoners, you're gonna create irrational fear. Obviously, now survival kicks in. First law of nature is self-preservation. Prison is a uh, prison is jail is a is a, a difficult situation. You adapt to being there, and it's very aggressive. Prison yeah. even more so, and it's like. Now you have prison on another level because there's close quarters and this uh this dangerous disease out there. So I couldn't imagine, you know, like the the fear factor that would keep uh people in check and disciplined. I could see that breaking and um as you mentioned the potential for for prison riot. So you said 46 people died in result of this, like died from what from the covid or they just wilding out so much that like i think it was more like they was wilding out um and then brazil is going through a lot of turmoil i guess politically on top of so and i'm trying to because it's all over the place man i don't know why but um (sighs) all that virus huh one little bug just fucked up the world yeah, I'm thinking about it like, and you got to think of the resources that we have, and we're not even really doing that awesome at containing it and controlling it. So you look at Brazil, which has a lot of poor mm-hmm. um, people in a sense. Very I, densely populated, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. One of the third or fourth largest cities in the world, Rio de Janeiro. It might be. What is their population? Just out of curiosity. Do my rusty trusty Google. Rio de Janeiro population. It's 6.3 million in Rio de Janeiro. So it's a little smaller than Rio. Um, I don't know. And then Venezuela is in a lot of turmoil politically, hyperinflation, all yeah, that stuff. Going they're, on. And that's what I'm saying. They're just in trouble. Like the average citizens are, are, are having a, a difficult time out there, let alone the people in jail. I couldn't imagine what it's like to be in a, in, in a situation out there. But it's, it's again, like, and then would you release these, uh, the nonviolent prisoners? Yeah, but then you got to test all these people too coming out, make sure they don't respread whatever. Like it's, you know, that's another thing to worry about as well. Like I'm, I'm for releasing nonviolent prisoners. Yeah, why not? But you got to make sure you test them and make sure where they're going is going to be all right too. Like there's a lot of moving parts. I feel you. Um, speaking on the topic of uh, of COVID. Mm-hmm. Is, um, 
some Nobel Prize winners saying the only way we're going to get back to normal is if we test everyone in the United States. Wow. Now it's like, do you think that's possible and do you think it would be done by force? I think it's possible to get everybody tested because that's why we got states counted. You think he could do the census? It's possible to get everyone to do the census, let alone test them. Well, it, it comes back to the conversation we had. If you put something behind it, like, hey, you can't do this if you don't get tested, you can't do this if you don't get tested, mm. that's going to put you in that kind of situation. What would be that, what would be that thing? That you could think what would be that thing that you can't do um what, what what liberty would you infringe upon to make people get tested well it depends on you live where you live geographically it's going to determine a lot so let's but see what i'm I in these private organizations saying like yo you can't come here unless you have proof of you know unless you have proof of vaccination you can't go to this concert event unless or, or, or this you know mm-hmm. venue or, or what have you unless you have proof of it. i can see that and that mm-hmm. and people yeah normal we're going back to normal but you gotta in order to get into you know this crowded arena you gotta have all of these and i could see that being a thing but i uh, say I don't know. I could say, like, I'll give you an example, like, in Florida, like, where I live, I have to drive. Everybody yeah. pretty much has to drive. So they say, hey, listen, your license is suspended until you get tested. That affects everybody here then in Florida. The person getting tested, because they can't get their license. Huh? Then you affect the person from getting, you put an encumbrance for the person to get tested. Well, that's what I'm saying. You got a grace period until... You have a grace period to get tested and then report you getting tested. If you don't, your license would be suspended. So in essence, that would stop you from being able to move and do your daily life. I think it would be very effective, but I think it would be very... You're infringing on someone's right or liberty to to get around. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying you said... No, no, no. Like I said, I could see that being very effective, but um, people are going to protest and you're going to have a lot of people riding dirty. Yeah. <laughs> That's not true. That's true. <laughs> quite frankly, I am, um, I force all this just, you know, just uh, thinking like an author, thinking like someone who writes novels, like, if there is a time where the government can get everyone to get a vaccine, like everyone to get tested. I'm like, don't do it. <laughs> like, I would not do it. Because there's always well, a crisis. That's like a crisis being taken advantage of. Um, I don't know. And that's what. Just, uh, go ahead. No, it's just. It just. I wouldn't do it. Even if it was, oh, yeah, we're taking your license. Okay, I'm still not doing it. Okay, we're taking this. I'm still not doing it. And um, then what? You become a criminal now? Things that are illegal, you become a criminal for not getting a, a corona test? Like, hopefully, and this is all theory, and hopefully nothing of this comes of it, but seeing 
the line of what you're going down and knowing that we covered the Patriot Act and the National mm -hmm. Defense Authorization Act, now you're getting in that territory once you start disobeying that heavily. And taking into account that we're Black Americans, so we already had this conversation last week, we don't really have rights in the first place. Well, um, it's a bit early to segue into the race card unless you got something else, because it, it kind of edges that way. Um, hold on, let's see. I'm gonna look. Oh, it's a prison ride in Venezuela. I found the numbers finally. Okay. Um, hold on, real quick. It was. 46 people dead, 75 injured. Wow. And greatly concerned about the, the prisons are infamous for extreme levels of violence on poor, and poor conditions. So it's overcrowded. Oh, so this is where the riot came from. The prison officials barred inmates, family members from bringing them food. Mm-hmm a measure to prevent the spread of coronavirus within prisons. And then after that in Brazil, 10 guards, five inmates suffered non-critical injuries in an uprising. Let's see. Oh, inmates held seven guards hostage for more than five hours. Wow. The situation was brought under control. Relatives of inmates say the prisoners at the prison were protesting against the suspension of all family visits and poor conditions at the lockup amid the corona pandemic so that's why they were basically rioting hostage in that place yeah bro and you are dealing with a violent a known violent you know prisons and whatnot so yeah damn that's crazy like just really put that in perspective like you're already in prison it's already shitty mm -hmm. You got Corona going on, so you're freaking out about your family on the outside. You're freaking out on the inside as well. Then the prison's like, nah, you can't get your home cooked food. That's the only thing keeping your morale up. And now you cut that off amongst all this other chaos that's going around them holistically. That wow. is definitely conditions for why that happened. Wild times. I'm surprised. Um we're not hearing more reports of this, these things in America as well. Yeah, they're real quiet about it for some reason. I've seen reports here and there, but not not real news headline, like national headline kind of stuff. Okay. Um, what, uh, what else we got on the international tip before we move into the next jump? Uh, I think we covered everything internationally. Those okay. are the internationals. Well, I suppose it's time for the race card. The time race the card segment, yeah. Controversial issues, you know. <laughs> there's best believe there's plenty to talk about in this department. But uh, what did you have for for your segment on here? Okay, so I'm gonna read this off of Twitter real quick because I put up the link for Twitter. Okay. Uh, RCPD brutally attacked tackled and hit my best friend's brother, 14 years old. Ah, stop, bro. Stop, bro. What's your password? What's your... Stop, Josh, stop. Stop, bro. Stop, Josh, stop. Stop hitting them, bro. Just stop. Just stop. Um, can you say 
what was RCPD? I think it's Rancho Cucamonga Police Department in California. And I guess the kid had pre-existing health conditions which could be which could be fatal under this kind of stress. So I guess the kid suffered from seizures. Oh, it's Rancho Cord Cordova, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, um, the kid can suffers from seizures or something like that. And we can probably put the clip in here and show people what's going on. Okay. What inspired all of this? I have no idea. The backstory. So I need to look that part up because it didn't really, it just showed the clip. You know how it is on social media, it showed like a one minute clip, but you don't have the full context sometimes. Yeah, I think I saw this and the kid was uh, on the ground and I think yeah. it was, uh, yeah, that, I don't really recall this one. That's not, so maybe you can uh, lead the charge on, on this. Yeah, let me look it up real quick. Just because it didn't give as many details. Rancho, is it Rancho Cordova? Okay, let's see. Uh, what happened? Where's the news, news, news? Here we go. I don't know how recent, okay. All right. Um, abuse of power, California police launched investigation after the video was exposed. I guess it's, okay. Sacramento's Black Lives Matter says not one reason that validates a full-size arm man to sit and punch the arms wow, of somebody's upset. Um, Trying to film a podcast people are slamming shit around, like, love it in here. Motherfucking cardboard gardens. Um, what else we got going? Um, trying to see what happened, what led to it, because it's not saying it's just showing the clip. Use of force is horrible. Um, oh, teenager was detained for holding a cigar. Oh, I think I, I did read about that. It was Swiss or Sweet or something like that. Okay, and then the kid has a chronic heart condition that prevents him from doing any strenuous activities. Well, it's just not nothing. Shouldn't be smoking on social sweets. Very true. I'm trying to see. Say, officer temporarily reassigned to a role outside the police department. We're gonna have to address that. Like that's mad disrespectful. It's real, real disrespectful. And um, I get it. You got emotional problems. You're upset. The whole fucking house does not need to hear that you're upset. Like, come on, get that shit together. Anyways, um, yeah, venting my frustrations for living in close proximity with savages. <sighs> Please continue, man. All right, um, let's see. Partly. Oh, they're talking about hand-to-hand sales of um, the cigar, tobacco, drugs to minors now was, so this, uh, was this kid a minor yes so that's what spurred the cop i guess to go investigate and what brought him into the situation and he thought it was between an adult and a juvenile the adult i guess was selling to the juvenile the cigar or whatever and authorities said the teenager resisted 
uncooperative, refused to give the deputy basic identifying information. So that kind of paints the picture. Let's see, said the kid became physically resistive. Um, it said it didn't show the, oh wow, they said he was holding the kid by the neck before punching him seven times and calls for backup. So they said they didn't film the whole thing, they just caught that clip. So my question basically was, what is our recourse for police brutality? Hello. Be right back. All right. Who the fuck Ah, man, I'm losing my fucking mind this place, I swear to God. You good, Cam? Um, I'll manage. Okay. I'll manage. Okay, um, and, um, police brutality sucks, but what was your question? My question was, seeing all these cases, right? Seeing how they're pretty much never resolved uh, that's equal and justifiable. What is our recourse to stop this from continuing to happen? as black Americans, what should we do? Nothing else seems to be working. Um, yo, bro, I suppose uh, we need to change the stigma within our culture about joining the police. Maybe if we uh, got more black cops involved, more people of color involved in law enforcement communities and mm -hmm rising higher up in those ranks, maybe you'll, uh, we'll see some changes. But um, right now you already know the numbers are a bit, they're not proportional, you know? Yeah. And uh, we need to see more black people in, involved in law enforcement. Ah, man. You got the argument as well, I'll push, I'll push this on there. The further high up you get in the police department, the more political it becomes, like anything. Mm-hmm. So say you have a whole department with nothing but people of color and black folks, right? But the mayor or surrounding body is still, say, white or whatever. They still determine what you're supposed to do. What is your outlet? Hello. I don't know, bro. Ali's a, it's a tough situation uh, to brainstorm the handle. I already told you what, what I do believe we need is that, uh, how you say, the Citizens Advocate Agency. Yeah. Having, you know, more eyes and, and awareness on it. That'll at least help people on scene, you know, when, when incidences are going down. They mm -hmm. know that will be accounted for. But um, as far as uh, again, we need more black cops. We need more community, I suppose. Yeah, yeah like we talked about. In, in law enforcement. And then maybe that will have an encounter too. 
Third, and this is the most painful one, stop doing stupid shit. Like, people, stop doing stupid shit. Because everyone knows, like, yeah, you get your ass whooped from the police. It's like, yeah, shame on the cops for whooping your ass. Stop doing stupid shit. Like, um, the kid with the heart condition. Yeah. Fucking, uh, smoking sorts of sweets and stuff for anyways. Mm-hmm. And if you're a minor, like, come on. Like, well, like, let me push back on this because we did stupid shit at that age, bro. Like, right? And it's I like, get what you're saying. It's like, uh, uh, let me let me put it this way: we don't have the latitude to do dumb shit as Black Americans because our shit is deadly if we do. Basically, like us growing up, we had those opportunities to do dumb shit. Like every all kids, all teenagers do dumb shit. Period. That's the frustration. I get what you're saying. Don't put yourself in a situation where you know pretty much is deadly for the most part. But at that age, we could talk about brain development and emotional intelligence. You're not going to have it at that age anyway. You barely have it in your 20s. Um, can't, I can't argue that. You're, you're right, and it takes a... You learn when, when you acquire wisdom, I suppose. I don't disagree with you. Don't put yourself, like, try to avoid those situations. That comes down to parents mm-hmm. and the community. Maybe that's something that, uh, you know, even we need to further broadcast. And I remember my mom saying, like, you know, as being black, you, you got to be, you can't be 100% better than, you know, you got to be 110% better because we don't get that same amount of leeway and leverage is everyone else so perhaps that should be reinforced like yo you, you think you like oh yeah you see other kids they're out and about they're doing little dumbass shit they're gonna get a slap on the wrist you know but you know we're just being black just cause like they're gonna get uh they're gonna retaliate with extreme prejudice and um pun intended but like uh i don't know bro um, mine for the race card mm-hmm. is, I mean, like, I don't know what to say, man. Um, we did we discuss the black identity crisis before. I mean, black identity uh, extremists. My understanding, a, a new report came out. I sent you that link. That that is like one of Trump's biggest initiatives is the black identity crisis because now they are like terrorists or something like that. That's a pretty much a clause where any black political activist can be labeled as a terrorist group. And this is where the, the sitting president wants to direct his focus for fighting terrorism. Even okay. though one of the biggest domestic terrorist attack on, on American soil uh, was Oklahoma. Yeah, Timothy McVeigh. Timothy when you look at the amount of damage of that lone wolf terrorist, that makes you wonder how you could even consider the the black identity extremists to be your top priority. Like the FBI, they disclosed like maybe not nearly a decade, 2004, or maybe a little bit later. And I know some reports about saying the lone wolves were one of the biggest uh, threats because one, they weren't alone. And it's not like you're uh, sending email traffic or anything else like that that you can intercept or, or, or spy on. There's just not a lot of information for that. But yeah. you're, you're saying the black identity extremists. And as I mentioned, my, my worst case scenario 
my worst fear is that the the might that is being put down on the Muslim community because they pretty much were the poster boys for for terrorism. Muslim, mm-hmm. they can shift that angle. They can shift that scope to the to the black community, saying, "Oh, these are terrorists." And as I mentioned, drone strikes in the hood. But I got some questions, and again, they're just okay. like there's some conspiracy theories stuff. Okay. To the race cards. So this just a uh, food for thought. What if the Second Civil War? the confederates had control of the federal government and by confederates i mean the people who are not in favor of, of black people what if you know because during the the first civil war the rebels they were terrorists and history portrays the union as a side fighting for justice and the abolishment of slavery and um we all know it wasn't quite that way that it was fought exclusively for slavery we know it wasn't quite it didn't quite pertain to that but um to some extent the union was a bit more that was the the civil army you know and and the rebels were you know like you said they're rebels but it if this case were a flip-flop and it's like white supremacists with control of the federal government how do you think that would work in a second civil war if that were to occur, uh, probably bloodier than the first. But Definitely more than the first. As I mentioned, the do you think? Uh, how do you say? Who would win? Because of I'm gonna put it this way. The South includes Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, Kentucky. It's a lot of Southern states, bro, compared to just the Northeast. And then you're talking about gun ownership in the Mm -hmm. South. I would argue to say most Southern people own three to five weapons per person. Sounds about right. Also, Go ahead. You got to consider the rebels themselves, right? They put up quite a fight and they want a formal army. Well, to the extent they're a formal army, you would have all those militias Mm -hmm. who are organized. Mm -hmm. So they would, they would, uh, they would lean totally support, uh, you know, a corrupt federal government. And, um, I'm just saying, like, it it would be hard to say because mm-hmm. are there many um, black militias that are are mobilized to the extent as all these uh, these other groups? I don't think while there are plenty of guns and stuff in the hood, plenty mm-hmm. of guns and stuff down south, the people are not organized. They're At least from what I know, my knowledge, yeah, you, I know there are gun clubs, but that's not militias. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different ball game. That's a whole nother level. Basically, like you said, a paramilitary. Yes, I did. They got a command. They got all this. So I'm not sure. And, uh, and as I said, I would love for the the, the, the Crips and the Bloods to convert to 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 lawful militias and organize and train and, and self defense. 
because here's the thing right now they're operating how they're operating now and that terms are being drawn that gangs can be labeled as terrorist organizations Mm-hmm. They will see the full might of uh, the, the federal government, not just yeah. the NYPD fighting whatever Crips said or whatever. They'll see the full might of the, the federal government. That's Homeland Security, yeah. FBI, all that. And it's yeah. like you cannot battle that. You, you can't. So if you right now the you know operate like a, a militia and lawfully. You know, if it all goes tits up, which I think it will, it just feels like we're getting closer and closer to the Hunger Games. You know, um, people will be ready. Uh, What's the other question you got? Um, that's what I, I I got right now. But it's like, oh, I suppose. Do you see a higher threat? Do you see a higher threat than um? Again, I think it's frivolous that they're labeling Black Identity Crisis as the number one terrorist threat in in, in America. You see, see a higher threat than in in America. It's very easy, <laughs> very obvious. I know you do. Like, I just want to hear you say. Uh, it might not be obvious. I'm, I'm curious. I mean, like you like you mentioned, the lone wolf shit is probably the most dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because we, you and I had this discussion in season one about this. I forgot what episode. Um, maybe was it under hate speech or something like that? I don't remember. Maybe. It might have been under that. Um, Lone Wolf is the Thank most dangerous. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I think I appreciate you supporting us, supporting the podcast, man. checking us out. Um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, that's my group. It's the Lone Wolves. And I agree. I, I do see them being like as a, again, like Timothy McVeigh. That was probably one of the one of the worst domestic terrorist attacks on on history. I didn't look too deep into his um how do you say his, his dogma or beliefs or what have you. I just know how he operated and mm-hmm. it was lone wolf style. And yes, I see that being one of the most potentially uh, dangerous threats. Second, um, I, I really think we are undermining um, the threat of the white supremacists. And um, just the fact that they are not being labeled, they're not being identified with, like, on the same level as Al-Qaeda and uh, other more radical groups. Like, they, they need to be up to par with that. And at the same time, like, gangs. Like if they are, um, if they're terrorizing neighborhoods as well, then we, we need to further address how, how that is. At the end of the day, we should be trying to stop as much violence in, in America as possible. And well, the, the label we, we put on it, it um, mm-hmm. violence is violence. It's racially motivated. Yes, I think those should take the highest priority. But should definitely take the highest priority, the racially motivated uh, hate crimes and, and terrorist acts, or all acts of violence, of mass violence, should be should be deemed as terrorism. I think the thing that annoys me is, you see, remember, I guess we can go ahead and throw this in here too, is mm-hmm. 
was it Michigan? They were in the state capital with rifles, like combat loads and everything. Yes, indeed. So you're presenting us as black extremists, but you have these people protesting in a state capital, fully armed, yes. with combat loads on top of that, tack vests, everything, masks. I'm very confused who the bad people and who the good people are. At well, this to point. be to be fair, didn't when weren't the Black Panthers the first people to to take that initiative? Like as far as as far as showing up in Cali with all their yeah. weapons, like they had they their whole world, they were mobbing deep. But it was lawfully they had the right the they had the rights to do that. And mm -hmm. as we mentioned, Cali was like, oh shit, like we can't have them doing that. So they changed up laws as a result of that. Maybe Michigan didn't get around to doing that and they can still do it. But if the rules of the game say you can do that, then you they should be able to do it. I'm not against That's that's fair. I'm not against them protesting in Michigan. And at the same time I applaud their efforts because they one, they peacefully assembled, as you mentioned, with combat loads, mad weapons and ammunition, and no one no rounds were popped off. No one died. So that's a good debt in my book. But then I'm annoyed. I'm, I'm going to be honest. That's frustrating. We can't protest peacefully without National Guard, SWAT, all these people coming down on us. But these people could go in the state capitol and do that. Um... Here's the thing, and and I don't want to do, I don't want to participate in that case study. But when was the last time you seen African Americans rally with weapons in the in the state in their state capitals? Probably the Black Panthers was the last one. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Six. That's what I'm saying. It's like it would be a very interesting case study, but it could end up being a bloody case study because we don't get the same. Uh, there's a really popular meme going on where it shows the black man on the ground with the cops and it's a cartoon and he's unarmed and then they see the, the white guy having rifles and silencers and the cops like waving something and stuff like that but it just goes to show you sent me a, a very interesting picture where um a gentleman was he's being arrested he has a gun on his hip but he's not uh complying with the cops and yeah yeah that's right very uh great picture because if this was anyone else the, you know, they don't play. You seen the amount of force that was used on the child, the unarmed child for holding the dude in Walmart with the with the bat. And then, and then there's that the guy with the bat. He just got uh, the cop to kill him too. So it's like um, there's a clear. You and me can have this discussion because we see it, but it, it 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 blows my mind that other people don't. They're like. No, everyone's being treated fairly, and and, and everything they, they they have that illusion. It's bullshit. But um, it's difficult to say what would happen in 2020 if a uh, if a rally of, of armed black people showed up on their state capital for protesting uh, and peacefully protesting. How that would how that would go down? And you you mentioned it before, right? About the traitors, and that's one of the reasons why. Black people couldn't overthrow their slave masters because they're traitors. Mm -hmm. Here's something else you would consider. You don't have a protest without people getting knowledge of it. It ain't nothing to pay off somebody, you know, a, a pay a black person to go there and pop some shit off. Or even now they got masks 
that you can Hollywood maps that you can wear and look like a black person. Yeah. And these protests and pop some shit off, and then it gets violent, it gets bloody, and people get killed. True. Uh, um. So, That's all espionage and uh, subversion at its yeah, finest. Yes, indeed. And so it's like it's, it would be a difficult case study. And here's here's my my, my thing. And yes, I, I'm proud to be a, a uh, you know African American, black, whatever. Have you have you? I'm I'm proud of what I am and who I am. But this is something that everyone needs to understand you are not going to do any system you are not going to make a change just as one race alone you're not and you know maybe if white people showed up and black people showed up and latino people showed up you know armed in their state capital under you know for one cause then maybe you'd make a bigger change but when it's just like oh i think it's just like you you have the for me if i were running for president exclusively for black rights you wouldn't win i wouldn't win. yeah of course you you really have to people have to come together and that's what they need to realize is that's the only way you can uh you, you can be any type of tyranny any any type of power is by unification so i don't know man let me I, ask this question do you ever think we can get to that point what you just described to end police brutality, corruption, like with this stuff, like just on a social level, do you uh, think all groups can come together like this, like they did in Michigan, to voice their concerns about getting reopening Michigan? Do you think we can all come together at some point and be like, you know what, we're all tired of this shit. Like, let's band together and make these motherfuckers change the law. I would say if we ate that elephant one piece at a time. Like, there'd have to be one unified thing that everyone's like, yo, I don't like this. I don't like this either. So, you cool with these trends? Cool. This is what we're going to rally and, and stand up against. But if we're like, if you're trying to be like, well, I want to throw in some abortion laws here, some gun control there, and this there, no one's going to reach a consensus on that. Okay. I was just curious. No one's going to reach a consensus. And, um,. I think that's what the that's why you have such difficulty um, trying to, uh, to to push policies because there's so much disagreement on things. But surely there there must be one thing, like one thing that that, that people can agree upon, and you know let's let's make that change. Yeah, um, yeah, but uh, I guess that's all we got on that one. What else are we talking about? Um, there's a, a such that, that, that article is, it's a photo op and you got to take into consideration. You'd show up today to, I, I admire your, I, I admire your, your, uh, how do you say, your, your courage. It's like, why I do like protesting. I, I, I mean, not pro- protesting period. I do like the right to be able to protest. I'm not too sure how effective they are. And I'm not too sure how I understand about that. And I know, like, technology-wise, everyone who shows up, your face is getting scanned, and now you're in a, in a database, particularly Black Americans, when they're going to, like, protest, like, um, how do you say, Black Lives Matter, yeah. protests like this. They are getting all their data, and now they're lumping them into potential terrorist things. So... Not saying that, you know, doing a radical podcast 
we'll throw you <laughs> into that bucket either. But I mean, sure. uh, I'm not too sure how how I feel about protesting, and particularly protesting with a weapon. You know, like uh, going out like that. I don't know, CJ. Would you? Uh, would you? Would you make an appearance? Would you make a cameo? As far as what, protesting with a weapon? Yeah. Nah, we already, like you just mentioned, we already overexposed as it is to be I know, right? And like I said, other pieces, uh, so what was it, the Boston Massacre? Mm-hmm. So my understanding is like a shot went off and then that's all it took and then mass shots went off yeah. after that. So it was like, it's a, we talk about subversion and everything and that makes you it. I could tell maybe I'm I'm, a, I'm cynical. But I could totally see a scenario like that occurring. I gotta grab my charger real quick because my laptop's got sleep. Maybe one more. I can still hear you. Though. All right. I don't know, man. That's a tricky. It depends on how it went down. It's very tricky protesting. Arms, especially. That's like new territory. Yeah, no, and it's like, I, I almost want to say, if you're peacefully protesting, do you need the arms? Do you need the firearms? <sighs> this is the thing. I think they'll take you more seriously. Yeah, if you're armed, they know, like, all right, it's it's basically like, yo, these motherfuckers willing to die for this shit. Whatever they're They're willing to die, but there's like, yo, it's like you're saying you're holding the front lines with your uh i mean i know you got your less than lethal and uh and lethal as well but Mm -hmm. it's like it's not like hey we're gonna shoot tear gas and then if you know if people start throwing rocks escalation of force it's like yo soon as shit pops off they can pop off too and that has to be taken into consideration and i get that but at the same time it's um it's a very delicate line that you're walking as soon as you you start bringing weapons in there because it's one you have to have a consensus with the group because one minority one minority can fuck it up for everyone you know and it's like if you have one hostile guy in the crowd it it, it can ruin it for everyone so that's why i said i don't know i really don't know how how i feel about that but um i i do agree that Whoever is, uh, whatever law enforcement is present, they will have to take that into consideration tactically, you know, when they're they're managing uh, the protests. Yeah, so that's all I got, really. I think that was a good discussion and kind of discussing the nuance of how, you know, difficult it is to um, use our rights that are given to us, like that we're afforded. But, as she comes in teeth. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, like, <laughs> I, that's the only way you can, that's the only way you can move. Like, if you come in with weapons, you gotta be humble and you gotta be peaceful. Because if you, you know, you, any type of show of force has to be matched. True. Um, what else are we talking about? Voting online? That whole, uh, I, I just uh, want to gloss over this, like, the photo op with Mike Pence. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone is wearing masks. He's in the hospital with guys who are wearing masks and hooked up the respirators and he's there not wearing anything. Now the narrative seems to go like he's this holier than thou uh, evangelist and God is with him. So he doesn't have to worry about that. 
and um, you know conservatives they, they they tend to really lean hard on um, that that Christian religious aspect but um, one what does it say about lead by example and since I, I don't have the coronavirus I I thought it'd be a good opportunity for me to be here to be able to speak to these researchers these incredible healthcare personnel and look them in the eye and and say thank you when you have the vice president of the United States, one, uh, not not wearing the mask, which is like, how do you say, um, state executive orders in many states? Yeah. Like in New Jersey, you have to wear a mask to go into any establishment, any public establishment. I do believe they implemented that in PA. Hey, Stacia, if you're still on, you know that if there's if that's law in PA or to wear a mask or, can, or is it voluntary? I'm not sure. Okay. But, uh, I know, I know it's kind of voluntary, to be honest. Interesting. So it's, it's, it's varying across the states, but at the same time, the federal government is encouraging us to do it, but they're not leading by the example. Exactly. Spoke, uh, she said, yes, it is. It is the law in, in PA to wear a mask. Okay. But like, lead by example for one. Last week we spoke about the potential uh, if there is a vaccine. You know, with, with that leaked video from the White House. And uh, when you see him moving around, like, what corona? No mask? What, what corona? It really makes you think. But again, it's just, cons- we're just playing with conspiracy theories. I don't got any hard facts beyond the, the, the photo. Beyond the, how do you say, the, um, the photo op. But remember, every photo op is, is put out there. They put a lot of intention, a lot of thought behind it. It's not like... Absolutely. It's like they are anticipating a response. So what do you mm-hmm. think that response is? I think it's a signal that, hey, we're going to be back to normal sooner than you think. Mm, okay. And I also think it's just a show of strength, just political posturing. Um, you don't hear much from Pence, so that's probably his one time to be like, yo, this is me. I'm not scared of this. I'm dividing my beliefs. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to be back to normal before 4th of July. I'm still sticking to that prediction. Well, I mean, considering what uh, the holiday means for the American people, 4th of July practically means freedom, you know, uh, celebrating our freedom and, and independence. So, yeah, it would be very ironic if we were under some uh, strange type of lockdown that violated the Constitution that was like ratified on that day. Like, let's call it what, 200 and. I'm not many years of history. Shame on me for not knowing nah, that. I mean, over 200 years. It's 200 and something years. Um, let's see. What was it? Yeah, man. I, that 4th of July would be cool. I'm sure there'll still be some sort of social distancing and, um, in, in, in effect. Um, let's see. I'm trying to... Um, let me, I'm trying to see how many years it is exactly. Oh, you gotta do how old is America? Oh yeah, that's true. Boom. Let's see where we at. Come on, internet. Work for me, baby. Work for me. 240 years old. 43 years old, actually. Okay. Because the Declaration of Independence was ratified by the U.S. Second Con- uh, Continental Congress on July 4th, 1776. So, yeah. 243 years old. I suppose it'd be 244. That'd be cool. Wow. Okay. 
Uh, you got on here. You said something about Zoom fatigue for remote working. Tell me about it. All right. So let's talk about it. So everybody has to telecommute for the most part now, but mm-hmm. I ran across an article talking about how to get through Zoom fatigue. That seems to be the most common uh, medium for doing teleconferencing and working and all this stuff. Um, I'm trying to see, they had tips. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm okay. I mean by like Zoom fatigue, just working on like, because people are working on WebExes all day, because I work on WebExes and I don't find it, granted I'm, I'm IT, but it's like, um, well, I don't want to say it's like it's, doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. Not I think it's painful. What are they saying is the, is the issue? Physical strain plus emotional exhaustion. Hmm. Um, the fact that you your your basically your personal life and your professional life are now clashing. Everybody can yeah. see it. I see huh? it I'm on meetings and stuff like that, and then you hear people's kids running around. Exactly. And dogs barking shit. It's uh, yeah. Social. It's social exhausting from the time of social distancing as well. You already can't really be around people. Then you're crammed in a small space with what you say, kids or significant others or pets or what have you. Um, plus, you're exposed now to your employer because now they're getting insight into your home. This is very valuable information moving forward when you go mm-hmm. back to Zoom normal. And also, it kind of leaves you vulnerable as an employee as well, because they can look at how you live. Like, this is all stuff you don't get to see. Like, granted, for for, for me, it's like we're sharing screens more than we're sharing, uh, how do you say, more than you're sharing video calls. And I think, like, you can control a lot from a frame, you know, from from the video, you know what I mean? You just push it. Have that the clean part of the cleanest part of the house, you know? Yeah. But I, I can only speak for, for myself and you know more IT. It's like we're sharing screens and then we have calls. Like we have the call open and then you'll hear audio, but if I'm not talking, I'm on mute. And then the majority of people are doing that and one of the reoccurring things is you'll be talking to someone and they'll mm-hmm. be talking back, but they'll be on mute. But you don't you don't hear it. But um, so, I was gonna get the uh, tips to help you not be fatigued from Zoom or I guess teleconferencing. It says use your phone, not computer, and show up. Do voice only. Okay. Um, yeah, I can see that. Stare out the window. Um, if you're doing like voice only, you're able to kind of disconnect a little bit. Mm-hmm. It says, plus the overstraining of your eyes, looking at all these screens for this long uh, time periods. Don't ha- don't schedule back-to-back meetings. Give your brain a chance to switch gears between meetings. I've been hearing a lot of complaining on Twitter about that. A lot of people say it's a lot of unnecessary meetings at work. Uh, take a break from the screen between meetings. Get some fresh air, glass of water, do some jumping jacks, 10-minute brisk walk inside and marching in place. And that's very important is to keep moving. Uh, 
uh, or at least to try to be active, take some breaks uh, to be active now and again. It says take notes by hand, like actually write them down. When you're tuning into a meeting, use your phone and focus on listening and take your paper and pen notes rather than looking at two screens. I agree. And I hear like psychologically, just the act of writing something down reinforces it into your brain. Yeah. Um, I don't it's, know. It says make sure your home office feels different from your living area. This is what you was alluding to. Even though it's in the same space, change the lighting when you go off the clock. Um, change the playlist, ditch the coffee mug from your desk. When you feel like you're working 24-7, you're unable to leave the office to see friends. Having tricks to help you feel that there's a boundary between work and play can be very important. Um, yeah, so those are some tips, guys, for all those who are telecommuting and whatnot. Um, I'm curious to see, just like I said, we've been talking about more post-Rona than during Rona, how this is going to affect everything. Yo, post-Rona, I can only imagine, dude. It's, um, 9-11 changes everything, but this is like 9-11 times 7, like, it affected the whole wide world. And, um, we can only speculate on how these changes are going to be rolled out. And I'm very curious to what the conditions are for um, for us to return to work and how people are going to react. You know, like it's not cold and flu season, it's allergy season. So you know, mm-hmm. I'm having my sniffles and I've been sneezing time to time. And I know people who have like putting on their bulletproof vest like, oh Lord, like you just sneeze, like, you know what I mean? But like, yeah. um, I'm curious, are people going to... Because, you know, in the office, it's pretty close settings. Like, are people mm-hmm. more uh, <laughs> spread out or what? Or will they continue to uh, push, excuse me, remote work? You know my prediction? This is, uh, I'm going to say they're going to have a hybrid going on. Depending on what your position is, I think they're going to leave you the option to re- work remote. And then they're going to have maybe half the staff in the office to keep it balanced and maybe rotate at some mm-hmm. point or something. I could see that going on. That's just my theory. I could see that too, but I, I really foresaw even before the Rona, like mm-hmm. companies are always trying to cut costs. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest, well, not one of the biggest, but a big cost they have is paying for those skyscrapers. Yeah. They don't buy them, they rent them. And then like a floor, can be like 10 stacks a month mm-hmm. you know think about that over a year it's like over 100 grand a year just on rent so like mm-hmm. having your employees like off-site but only coming together if they had like a major meeting or something like that not only is it safer it saves a shit ton of money you yeah know, you, you can, you can pay the employees so Stitch said, tell me about it. I still have to work and have allergies. <laughs> so I get yellow. Trust me, I know the feeling. Like, uh, wow. we're, we're, we're all wearing masks now, but like, we're gonna have everybody paranoid, like about people do sneeze and people do cough without the coronavirus. Everybody's like all shook up because of it. But you know, we're gonna adapt and overcome. Of but, course. Uh, what else we got? 
We got one more thing about pop culture, and I guess you mentioned this before, like a lot of movies, <laughs> movies are dropping, but at the same time, they're going like straight to, uh, they're going straight to the stream. Where can yeah. you stream these movies at though? I guess it depends on what movies. I've seen it on YouTube movies, play, uh, Google Play. They adapted quick. Yeah. Netflix needs to get on that because everyone's on Netflix asking, what's something good I could watch on Netflix? If Very Netflix true. can get into that route, boom. Uh, how you say from new releases right onto their platform, then they're, they're going to be great, particularly if this crisis is really focused about a lot of aliens. It goes on for for a long time, which I could see. But even uh, you know another month, if they're they're gonna make some money. And I was saying we had a discussion on Twitter about um, making drive-ins more popular again because of the social distancing at, um, aspect. And I think it's cheaper to operate. Probably I'm not sure the figures on that. I mean, I'm hearing about more drive-in movie theaters. I'm hearing about drive-in churches. Um, I'm even hearing about drive-through strip clubs. Yeah, I heard about that. I think it's oh, like, it in Oregon or something like yeah. that. And I'm like, wow, the innovation and in how quickly people are mm-hmm. adapting to this crisis is um, it's remarkable. That uh, you know, the money don't stop; it just keeps running. You know, so get it while get it while you can. But yeah, I guess uh, they said the battle heats up. Regal joins AMC for banning Universal movies. So I guess Universal was like they were participating in that program where they're like sending movies straight to these streaming yeah. programs. They're like, yo, like you cutting us out. We cutting you out because of COVID nineteen. Nobody can participate in your businesses. You so know? I, I know I've seen a new development about them opening up the theaters but practicing social distancing like tsa way like screenings and shit so the movies are going to try to make a last ditch effort basically just apply the social distancing um premise to how you can go to the movies and watch the movies or whatever i don't foresee that being very popular because if you got to go through all this screening to pay Twenty dollars to go see a well, movie. You can watch you it can... in the comfort of your home. Yes, I totally agree. Also, so, will movies be the, the relic of the past? It would be like, hey, remember when we went to the movie and saw IMAX and all that? Because TVs, yeah. screen TVs are getting cheaper. Home theaters are getting cheaper. Like anyone can afford it. And who doesn't, yeah. uh, you know, watch the latest Star Wars in in their underwear and the, the comforts of their home with no mask on, rather than you know having the that encumbrance of wearing clothes in public and, and wearing masks <laughs> and stuff on top of that. Like, who wants to do that? Yeah, you know, I'm an avid movie theater goer, but what you just described, I'm not going through all that shit to go see my favorite movies. Particularly, I, you can watch it from home, and the Fire Stick already has some disruption with the bootleg game. Because I yeah. plug the Fire Stick in and get, get whatever from there. But um, yeah, there's gonna be some disruptions. Learn from Netflix. Netflix, like even your <laughs> business model can can get uh, obsolete. You know, adapt and, and overcome. And I think this is something that's gonna change. Drive-throughs might make a driving movies might make a comeback. I, I would totally think that would be a cool experience to do. Cause I don't think I've been to a drive-in movie ever. 
I know they have one in Fort Lauderdale where my mom and all them down there. There's one. Um, I've never been to one though personally. I've seen them in PA, but I've just never had the the, the opportunity to, to see one. But now I could totally see them making a comeback. I guess um, the last topic was voting online, digital campaigns versus real campaigns. Uh, we can- yeah, yeah, we almost like blew by that one, man. So yeah. voting online. So we did the census, we do our taxes, we do a lot of things interacting with the federal government, secure interactions with the federal government online. Can anyone tell me why or why we should not do voting online? Because depending on how you feel, I don't know how you feel about COVID-19. I'm still ambivalent. Um, I'm taking precautions, but I'm not buying the hype. But at the same time, do I want to stand in line with a bunch of people to vote? on election day yeah um ironically uh i just found out some facts that i forgot about i guess with my voter registration so i got my new voter registration card um our primary is in august for florida and then the general election is in november but as far as my allegiance who i claim to be partisan wise i forgot that i was non-party affiliated So that's not necessarily independent. It's not Republican or Democratic. I view it as still independent, even though I'm not claiming independent per se, in my opinion. But I I, I identify as independent as well. And um, I think this is the most rational choice because it's like to just blindly pledge your allegiance. You're like, hey, no matter what, I'm pledging my allegiance to the party. That's Mm-hmm. It's dangerous thinking. It's like, for me, in my perception, it, it seems like people are as loyal to their parties as they are to their sports teams. Like, yeah. even if sports team sucks, they're still loyal to them. You know, mm-hmm. and it seems to be the same way with their political parties. Maybe it's, I'm like, yo, you have some pretty shitty ideas. Like, I'm not, I'm not voting for you. Um, Another thing I want to add is they gave us the option to get the mail-in ballot or mm-hmm. I vote on election day, which is August, whatever. I think August 18th. So I'm I'm torn because knowing the history of how voting works in Florida, let's be honest, we fuck up elections. So particularly with the mail-ins, shit, everything, damn near. Um, even though I could say my district, I think is pretty on it where i live at it's usually something so important how does that not get streamlined and mastered to prevent further fuck-ups because historically um what was it al gore george jr even our last governor election was like that it came down to they said like fifty thousand voice votes us and georgia and If you want to be technical, I'm sure it was less than that because that's from what they estimated on mail-in ballots or absentee ballots. And, and so, again, I know you're not a technical wizard, but uh, I'm, I'm sure you did polls and you've done things on the internet. Do you think it would be better to do it online? And again, you, you told us about how um, how great your, your your census experience was online. Do you think it would be yeah, better it was awesome. to do it online? Than to do it because I'm not a fan of this uh this mail in ballot either. 
Yeah, so that's why I'm torn. Like, am I gonna show up and go? Because we can still do social distancing. Like, I could just find a time to go and go, and then I'm right down the street to vote. It doesn't. I'm like, literally, I can walk to go vote. So um, let me ask you this: on a blue sky, no suit, no no uh, social distancing. How long does it take you to get in and get out when voting? My last when I voted for the governor's race in midterms, it took me. I was in and out maybe 15 minutes. Not bad. I can only assume that would be double. It would probably take you 30, 45 minutes to do it with the social distancing. Yeah, and we were pretty social distanced then. Like, to be honest, how it's set up, the spread out, because you want your privacy when you're voting. So we were kind of social distanced in a way anyway. Fair enough. All voting's kind of set up like that anyway. I don't see it too much of a hurdle, but I totally could see it being leveraged and exploited. Mm-hmm. But, um, and that goes back to your other question, why hasn't Florida streamlined voting is because the people that want to be in power want confusion and disorganization so they can retain power, stay in power. So that's what makes sense for it to stay fucked up. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. Let me ask you this for a person too, because I told you, man, you're totally coming along for the ride. You're going to be in power. Do you think, like, just realistically, could you keep control of the civilian populace without the confusion and fucked upness? Can it be done? As ethically, far as what? Ethically and morally, like, keeping control over the civilian populace, having everything running smooth without monkey wrenching the voting system. Can it be done? <laughs> Bro, we. I know there are some necessary evils to rule, but I don't think this is a requirement. I don't think it's necessary. It's just a matter you would. Ha- I just think that the ruling class would have to put more work in for their constituents to stay in power. I agree with that statement because America is a republic and. We have a lot of liberties and that's, it's a double-edged sword. It's a great thing and it's also a bad thing because you always gonna have segments to be like, nah, fuck that, we doing it our way. So, but that's kind of the beautiful thing. Everybody has their own lane. I always, I I have a hashtag called all lanes 2020 because meaning you can do pretty much everything you want to do. It's a lane for everybody. Interesting, I like that, all lanes 2020. Um. I don't know, man. I'm all about getting the shit right, getting it efficient, let people do what they're going to do. Now, you mentioned on here as well uh, online campaigns. Mm-hmm. And, like, when I originally started running for president, I thought it was just like, yo, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to learn the process. It is what it is. I'm going to do what I can do, you know, with, with the power at my disposal. And I thought it was silly to do an online campaign because realistically can i travel state to state and i don't have a tour bus i don't have all these private jets or sponsorship or anything like that so that was less than likely so i figured like still reach people doing it online and the podcast is probably the best way to do it and that's what we're we're doing now and i like again initially the notion was it seems silly but whatever let's just do it for the hell of it now let's move forward 2020 covid19 pop off all rallies are canceled. <laughs> like, uh, 
all these gatherings, public gatherings, no more kissing babies and shaking hands. That's taboo. But mm-hmm. um, you already know this is this is the extent of my campaign. We're doing music, we're doing podcasts, all that other stuff. We're discussing controversial issues. But my question for you is, how has COVID nineteen changed the other candidates' campaign? I do follow Donald Trump on Instagram, and it doesn't seem he stepped up and posted. I know he has a, a staff, you know, managing his account and stuff, but it doesn't seem like he stepped up his uh, his online presence on IG or, or anything else like that. Like, what do you think with other candidates? Well, I, yeah, I'll say for him, he doesn't need to. Like, he's yeah, the front even though he, he is Trump. So what about, what about Sanders and Biden? Have you seen them um, being more active on social media? I'm be honest with you. It's a lame duck election, bro. And COVID just really made that? it more lame. lame duck election. It really is. Because think about it. Like, Biden is not formidable versus Trump. He's just... Oh, um, yeah. That is when I'm going to get some popcorn and sit down kick up my feet in my underwear and watch the debate because that's going to be a great show because run circles around him and then eat him for breakfast and i I think that's going to be entertaining very entertaining and um for i'm I'm sorry for everyone out there who with the democratic dreams of joe biden saving you this i mean you can vote for me when i may or may not win but just get prepared for another four years of trump yeah, I mean, I'm looking all, forward to that show. It's it's gonna be entertaining. I think for his campaign, I guess I've been seeing stuff, but not really. He's not, because you got to think everybody's split in his in the Democratic field. They're split on how they feel about Biden running, and then he's still got to find a running mate. I don't think he's even found a running mate yet. And yeah, and we we said the theory on he knows he's desperate. He's mm-hmm. desperate. Yo, Stacia said, I'm going to vote for you. Yo, I appreciate that. Right now, like, and this is a serious endeavor. I am running. I'm, I'm learning the process, and I'm, I'm going to keep doing this. So maybe, like, what? Before I reach Bernie or Sanders or Trump's age, you know, I, I may uh, take this, this White House. But this is a freedom that we have, and I'm exercising it. However silly it seems to you, like, this is a freedom. And you know we spoke about martial law and, I, and, and I, that I, nature, but yeah. hold on, I just want to say that the possibility exists that that we as free Americans may not be able to do this in the future. So mm. you right, I'm, I'm sorry to, to interrupt. No, I was gonna say initially when you told me, I was kind of like I laughed. I really thought about like is Cam for real, but I know how you're very serious about shit. So I was like. <laughs> but the more you talk to me about it, I couldn't tell you no. That was the, one of the other things I said. I said, I can't tell you no, because why not? Why the fuck not can you try this shit? And, well, you know. Look how much was, we've learned. Look how much we've learned. Look how much we've, we've, we've accomplished. And I, I dare say if it wasn't for, you know, the ambitions of learning this game, we wouldn't have. I don't think I would have the courage to, to attempt a podcast. Yeah. And um, we are running it very casual. Like, I'm not up there, like, being politically correct. And I dropped quite a few F-bombs on this episode. But I'm not being politically correct, you know. But at the same time, we are outlining our policies. 
and telling the world how to upgrade America. You know it. And if you agree with what we're doing, then yeah, I appreciate the vote. But you know, this is this is just the beginning. I think think online campaigns, they're going to be more powerful in the future. Like, yeah, I don't have the social media clout. I don't have a thousand or a million followers or anything else like that. My main thing I want to accomplish from the first time running is just to to get the blueprint. Just to document the blueprint. You know, these are the steps to do it for anyone who wants to do it too. This is what you have to do. These are the forms you have to do. Make a podcast, make music. Do what you got to do to get your, your message across, but you have that power and you, you have the, that ability to exercise those rights. So win or lose, White House is just a bonus. We were making that blueprint. Well, don't get me started, man. I don't ramble about this. So. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think it's fascinating like to see the evolution of the morphosis, like the origin of us doing starting this shit until now. Like, yo, we've already been leaning into this shit for a year. Like and then so, so I think that's pretty fascinating, and I'm actually pretty proud of that to be honest. Oh, likewise, man. Like we are, um, we are leaving behind quite a legacy, and like, and I hate to be all morbid and, and cynical, but it's like I used to jog in like graveyards and stuff, you know, because you have long trails, and then you you see these tombstones. Some are elaborate and some are very humble. And you, when you think about it, this is what they have left behind. Just mm-hmm. a rock. You know, that's it. That's what your, your your friends and your family have to remember you by is just this little rock. But we have left behind such a vivid contribution of our efforts on, on this, this planet. You know, and um, that alone is, is makes, makes this very satisfying. And to know that our ideas, however radical in 2020, you know, however radical those ideas are now, people in the future may be like, yo, that could work. We can build homes from the homeless for the homeless out of plastic. We can do this, that, and the third and really change change the world. And so, you know, we're, we're leaving those, those little seeds, those little blueprints too, man. But just hearing Hillary Clinton consider having her own podcast, it's maybe she, I know she watches the show too. But she knows it's a powerful tool to reach a lot of people, and um, that just lets that's just a key indicator that we're on the we're on the right we're on the right path. We're, we're doing something good. That's all I got. That's all I got too, man. We cleared two hours. Yo, thanks for everybody. Yo, Station said, "Hey, I have your back all the way." And yo, I appreciate that. Station and I were back to, way back to uh, you know, we want to claim up. Elementary to you know high school together, uh-huh. peoples. But I appreciate you uh, you know leaving the comments and this is really helping our, our show by you know you engaging with it. But at the same time, I know you you got a lot on your mind, and um, at the same time, you know, love to have you on the show and pick your brains too. So oh yeah, absolutely. We can offline and we, we can discuss what's uh, what's good. But um, yo, know, you got any closing remarks? Now, shout out to our new upgraders in Nigeria. I forgot oh, yeah. to no doubt, no doubt. What's shout out to on the audio side. Um, but yeah, that's it, really. Good well, podcast. We're pretty, pretty uh, uh, on this one. <laughs> yo, everybody, yo, thanks for chilling with us. I pray that you're blessed, you're chilling, you're humble, you're happy, wherever you are in the world, whatever is going on right now. So, everyone, 
Catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.